This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale ends Monday. Get a king mattress for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin for a savings of up to $600. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend just $4.99. And Friday through Monday, get a Beautyrest Queen mattress for just $99. Visit mattressfirm.com or a store near you for the best deal of the season. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. $99 mattress offer available in-store only at the Boss Supplies last. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to the Wednesday, October 25th, 2017 NBA edition of On the Daily, brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. I'm Matt Lamarca, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Lamarca, and I'm joined tonight by Vince Long, who you can find on Twitter at Wake Work Wake. Vince, how's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, avoided Jimmy Butler. Avoided Anthony Davis, but uh, landed on uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Nikola Vucevic, so it's an interesting night. Yeah, we're already in uh, midseason form with the injuries and the late inactives and all sorts of stuff like that. So, you know, it didn't take long for NBA to go full NBA on us this year. Yeah, it's it's definitely right there ready to roll. Well, hopefully... Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Tonight's slate will be a little bit better. We've got 10 games. One thing I noticed, a lot of road favorites. I think 8 out of the 10 games have road favorites today, which is somewhat interesting. So... Take that with what you will. Let's dive right in. We've got Minnesota favored by a point and a half at Detroit, 208-point total. You mentioned Jimmy Butler. He was a late scratch today after lineup lock. Hurt a lot of people. No guarantee that he plays in tonight's contest. He's dealing with an uh, an illness. So let's let's talk about the Timberwolves. How are you approaching them on this slate? I mean, it's it's obviously it's going to come down to news. Um Jimmy Butler's price was really, really intriguing on DraftKings, and I understand why a bunch of people had him and had exposure to him. Um, if he's going to stay there, I mean, that's definitely going to be an interesting play. He's probably going to see Bradley on the other side, which isn't really my favorite thing in the world. But, I mean, if Jimmy's out, I mean, I think you can go right back to the well with Cat. I think Cat's a great option regardless as to who plays here. I think he's the best option of the bunch. Um but I mean, with the, with the Timberwolves right now, I'm I'm kind of scared to play anybody but Cat because I just don't see it, it's it's tough to predict how it's going to shake out if that makes any sense. Like uh, I, Jimmy hasn't been great, Teague has had his flashes, but he hasn't been great. Um, really, just Cat's been the only consistent cog in the wheel. So really, if I'm attacking this game, it's probably going to be on the other side of the ball. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the usage and stuff looks like tonight without Butler. 
You know, they, they all have played a ton of minutes together, so there's really not a lot of minutes to look at on how these guys are doing with Butler off the floor this season. And it's obviously still a very new situation in Minnesota. So it'll be interesting to see if one of Teague or Wiggins becomes like, you know, a, a higher usage type play with Butler sidelined. Because if Butler misses again, those guys would obviously be on my radar if one of them proved to have a big spike in production. But I'm with you. Towns right now is the guy that's standing out to me. We know that Drummond is vulnerable on the defensive end of the court. Gave up 30 to Embiid the other night in 28 minutes. Uh, so I think Towns is certainly capable of lighting him up. And interesting nugget here for Towns. This is the second leg of a back-to-back. He's actually averaged more points, fantasy points, that is, on the second leg of back-to-backs than in just regular rest situations. So he hasn't been affected by the back-to-back, and the road back-to-back in particular has been his preferred leg of the two. He's done really well in those games. So I wouldn't be worried about that factor if you do like Towns tonight. All right, let's go over to the Detroit side of the ball. Uh, As much as I, I said I liked targeting Drummond, I think Drummond himself makes for a pretty fine play here tonight as well. Yeah, I don't mind Drummond. Um, the the power forward slash center spots aren't exactly my favorite after going through this slate. So anybody that can offer the kind of upside that Drummond has is definitely in play for me. Um, but the guy that really intrigues me is probably my favorite play from this entire game is Reggie Jackson. Um, he's been playing really well as of late. You got to kind of give that to him. And uh, he's heading into a matchup that has been absolutely trashed by point guards lately. Um they we've seen 15 5 and 2 to Dewante Murray 19 15 and 10 to Ricky Rubio 35 5 and 10 to Russell Westbrook and 15 5 and 16 to Darren Collison last night um i i think Reggie Jackson is just an incredible mid-range play um and yeah i'm probably going to have quite a bit of him interesting yeah he wasn't even somebody that's been on my radar because his minutes haven't really been there i mean he played 31 in the last game but you know, kind of like how you feel with Embiid. I, I want my my guys that I'm targeting to play more than 30 minutes. Ideal. Well, I'm not. I'm not paying 8,500 for Reggie Jackson either. So. Exactly. Yes, I'm with you on that. Um, I kind of like Bradley as a bounce back potential spot too. He's down to 5K now on DraftKings. Um, he did play a bunch of minutes in his last game. He just hasn't been able to really get it going at the offensive end of the court. And obviously, one thing that that we didn't really think about was his, his rebounding numbers were so good last year in Boston because they were so terrible on the glass. This year, his rebounding numbers way down playing next to a guy like Drummond. So maybe that does hurt his overall fantasy production. But I still think at 5K, he offers enough upside to, to warrant some consideration here. 100%. I mean, I've been harping on Avery Bradley all year, and it just hasn't worked out yet. Um, it's coming, though. He's got, he's got one of those games in him. He's getting the shot volume. I mean, we're seeing double-digit shot attempts. Almost every game, every game but the New York game. Um, I I like Avery Bradley. We've been over this. I don't need to get long-winded about it. I, I'm going to keep going back to the well till it hits. I'm kind of pot committed at this point. I hear you there. And last thing on Drummond, Carl Anthony Towns last year, worst defensive center in the league in terms of defensive real plus minus. So I think some people might see the matchup and be a little bit scared off of it, but Towns has not proven to be a good defender at the NBA level. He can get blocks and he can get rebounds, but... He's not going to provide much of a uh, resistance in the paint for Drummond in this contest. All right, let's move on to the next game. We've got the Houston Rockets minus three at the Philadelphia 76ers. 222 point total. 
a lot of injuries here. Uh, on the Houston side, Chris Paul is, is still out. Uh, the last I heard, he's looking at like a two or three week injury recovery at this point. Trevor Ariza already ruled out with a foot injury, and Nene is doubtful with an Achilles injury. And then on the Philadelphia side, Markel Fultz, probable to play, but he is dealing with a shoulder ailment at the moment. Uh, I believe he saw only like 16 minutes in their last game, so it wouldn't be a surprise if he's a little bit limited in their next few games as well. Let's talk Houston first. James Harden, I think once we all saw that Chris Chris Paul was going to be out of the lineup, we were all super excited to get James Harden back into our lineups and get, you know, last year production at slightly decreased prices, but that hasn't exactly happened yet. Uh, are you expecting him to eventually revert back to last year's form, or is this sort of the new normal that we can expect from him? No, I think I expect it to come back. I mean, you got to look at the four games he's played. Yeah, Sacramento, that that's kind of a game that we expected more than 50 fantasy points from. But Golden State, Dallas, and Memphis. Um, Dallas isn't exactly the you know defensive stalwart that you want to claim them to be, but they slow it down. They make it a mucky game. So I, I'm just going to give him a pass. I mean, he's he's still James Harden, and this could definitely be a game where he, he finally blows up. So he's definitely going to be on my radar. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So you mentioned the matchups. Memphis, Dallas, and Sacramento all in the bottom six this season in terms of pace. So yeah. definitely pace down spots for him. Um, the usage has been there. The usage is basically identical to what it's been last season with Paul off the court. He just hasn't had the same assist and rebound numbers that we sort of got accustomed to seeing from him last season. So it'll be interesting to see if those bounce back. He's also only shooting like 70% at the free throw line. That's certainly uh, going to regress in his favor. So I'm still in on James Harden. Like you said, uh, I think that eventually the good games are coming. That being said, I don't know if this is the one Philadelphia has been pretty decent with Embiid on the floor this season. So I may look, there are some other guys that I think I kind of prefer, um, in the same price tier, but I still think Harden obviously has, you know, one of the top ceilings basically at, at regardless of position. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, all right, anybody else that you're considering here? I think given the injuries, there's probably a few guys we can look at for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Eric Gordon is kind of a clear-cut guy for me right now. I mean, I think he totaled almost the exact same amount of fantasy points that Harden did in their last game. Um, he's coming out, he's shooting. We've seen him shoot at least 20 times in two of his last three games. I mean, his arms are going to fall off at a certain point. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's got a lot of upside. He is playing incredible basketball right now. He's you know, it's 6K, 6.9, I think, on FanDuel. That's not exactly what you want to pay for Ego, but I, I still I really like him in this spot. J.J. Redick, I mean, is J.J. Redick, so right. <laughs> I'm not really worried about the defensive side. But if Ariza doesn't go, I think the real interesting value play here is P.J. Tucker for me. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm with you on there. I mean, Tucker's been seeing you know roughly 28, 29 minutes a night anyway. So now without a reason, that could get into the, the low 30s, mid 30s even. Uh, I like him. Um, I like Ryan Anderson as well. We've talked about sort of his weird shooting splits where he shoots like almost 47% from three on the road last season and then like almost 30% at home. So this being a road game, he's down at 4,200. I could consider him. Uh, and then I'm also interested in Clint Capello if Nene is going to sit. You know, he's only down at 6,200, and he's shown to have, like, close to a 50-point ceiling. So uh, I think the Rockets, in general, are a good spot to target here. 
Maybe not Harden again for me just because he is so pricey at 11600 on DraftKings. But I think the rest of the team, you can really look to get some value with them tonight. Are you really super interested in Capella against Embiid? Like, I feel like that's just a terrible spot for him. I mean, he's going to be on the court against him, right? That's that's really all I care about with Capella is the minutes. Like, if he's on the floor, I'm pr- I pretty much know he's going to be productive. Okay. That's, that's really how I feel. I mean, Embiid obviously is a difficult matchup, but... You know, he can get rebounds and block shots, and he, we're not really expecting a ton from Capella on the offensive end outside of dunks anyway. So uh, I like Capella here. I do. Okay. I have no issue with that whatsoever. I just think the 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 5 to 6K range on DraftKings offers quite a few centers, and I feel like Capella is probably going to be at the bottom of that list for me. Okay. I'm fine with that. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a tough matchup. I, I admit that fully. Yeah. Um, what about on the Philly side of the ball? Um, I mean, I think it's kind of just the typical guys. You got Simmons, you got Embiid, and just because of the matchup, pace up, everything, I think Reddick is actually in play for me, but he's never a guy that I get super excited about playing. Okay. Uh, yeah, I hear that. I mean, Embiid for sure is on my radar. He's just doing exactly what he did last season, right? He's playing 28 minutes a game and he's getting you 40 DK points. So at 8K, I really can't complain about that. One other guy I want to throw into the mix here is Jared Bayless. Since he's dirt cheap, he's he's literally 4K. He played 32 minutes in their last game, um, you know, without Fultz seeing many minutes off the bench. I think Bayless is going to play a ton here, and this is obviously a nice pace spot against the Rockets. So I'm in on him, too, as like a punt play. I think that's a good call, actually. All right, let's move on to the next game. We've got the Denver Nuggets favored by a point and a half against the Charlotte Hornets, 212-point total. Injury-wise, Juan Hernan Gomez is out for Denver. He's got mononucleosis. Don't know what that is, but it sounds pretty serious. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds pretty badass, actually, it sounds like. (laughs) No, I got mononucleosis. (laughs) Uh, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist expected to make his return to the team, which will be a welcome sight since they're still going to be without Cody Zeller and Michael Carter-Williams in this contest. So let's start with Denver. Denver. expectations for the Denver offense was kind of, were kind of sky high, I think, after what they did last season. But so far, they're only 28th in pace and 18th in offensive efficiency this year. As a result, a lot of these guys are priced down. What do we think here? Like, are they eventually going to break out? Do you think it's just been a stretch where, you know, they've had some, some relatively tough matchups and that eventually we're going to see this sort of, you know, high-flying fast-paced Nuggets offense that we saw at the end of last season. Yeah, I mean, let me preface this entire rant with uh, I'm not super high on the Nuggets offense. I'm not one of those people. Um, They've got a lot of talent. I will admit that. I like Gary Harris. Um, I don't like Jamal Murray in any way, shape, or form. Um, But Jokic is Jokic. And I I just – Jokic is going to run this team, and when he does well, the offense is going to do well. That's, I mean, that's as simple as it can be. Um, so with him not playing well, the offense is not going to play well. So, I mean, I think it all just boils around him, but his price point right now, I think you kind of just have to keep going back to that. Well, so outside of him, I mean, you have a lot of 5k guys, you know, and I just, I don't have a lot to say about the nuggets just because like, there's not a team that I really, I have on my radar very often. Cause I, I don't, I don't see what the others see. Please explain to me why they got so much hype. That's what I'm curious about. Well, last year, uh, this is this is from Tony East uh, we on our preview podcast. So if this is incorrect, blame him. Don't blame me. But 
last year with the with uh, Gary Harris and Embiid both starting, they were second in the league in offensive efficiency, and they played at like the seventh fastest pace in the league. So there was a lot of hype that you know with those guys starting full time at the start of the year, they could sort of keep that going. I still think they can be a good offense. I mean, they're certainly going to improve in in both of those numbers. They've had some relatively tough matchups. They've played the Jazz. They've played the Kings, who we mentioned are like the slowest or second slowest team in the league this season. Uh, and they play the Wizards, who despite having John Wall, aren't exactly up and down pace-wise either. So I think for sure this team is going to improve as the season goes on. And given that their salaries have all decreased, I think there could be some value to target. Um, again, though, Charlotte is not really a team that I, I think is like a super pace-up team. Like, if this was in Denver, I'd be more excited about the, the prospects of rostering these guys. But I think that for sure Denver is a team I'm keeping my eye on. And I think they're going to win someone some money real soon. I just don't know if it's tonight. Yeah, this is this. I don't know if this is the game I'm trying to target very much from either side, honestly. Yeah, I mean, uh, on the on the Hornet side, I like Kemba. You know, Kemba has those drastic home road splits. And Denver was very vulnerable to opposing point guards last year. So uh, I, I could definitely see myself using Kemba at 7,700 on DraftKings. But um, yeah, outside of him and maybe a little bit of Michael Kidd-Gilchrist exposure, since he's only 4,500, uh, I think that's basically where my my plays are going to lie in this game. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add to that. I mean, there's some guys that are kind of falling into that category of, yeah, if you have the room and that's the last spot you're filling in, like that's fine. But cause I think Millsap could be really, really interesting in this matchup, but it's not like a guy that I'm building around. Like if I fall onto Paul Millsap, I'm going to be okay with that. But okay. it's the same with Jokic. Like I'm not going to try to build around Jokic either. Um, I do think Jokic, Jokic, I can't even talk tonight, can tear apart Dwight Howard though. <laughs> I think that's actually just not even a contest. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible matchup for Dwight. I mean, even yeah. even just from his fantasy perspectives, like he's not going to really be successful, I would think given how much time he's likely going to have to spend out on the perimeter guarding Jokic. So, he has been great recently, yeah, but he's been a monster. But this is not a spot I think where you're going to want to target Dwight Howard. No. Okay, before we get on to the next game, I just want to mention the Rotoviz NBA Pass. You get access to all of our NBA content this season, which is going to be our Plays of the Day article uh, and a whole bunch of stuff that we've rolled out for this year. Listeners to the podcast can get a 30% discount through the podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash NBA podcast. Uh, also, please rate and review the show on iTunes. All right, next game up, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Brooklyn Nets. Cleveland favored by seven on the road. 227 point total in this one. Um, only injuries. Derek Rose still out for the Cavs. J.R. Smith was questionable today, but ended up playing. So I'm assuming he will be good to go for tomorrow, uh, assuming that he doesn't get a setback. So uh, I think really the only injury here is Rose. And then obviously on the Brooklyn side, no Jeremy Lin. He's going to be out for the whole year. So... Uh, I don't know if you saw what Cleveland did today without Rose, but they moved Thompson back into the starting lineup. Yeah. And once I saw that, it became just all in on LeBron. If LeBron's going to be playing point guard with Thompson and Love on the floor as two traditional big men, I don't know how you can't take him in this spot against Brooklyn. 
Yeah, I had this debate with a buddy of mine in Slack chat. I was not on LeBron, point guard LeBron. Um, LeBron plays point guard every night, so I don't really know necessarily say – I don't think – it's worth saying that he's playing the point. Like he runs that offense all the time. Like Derrick Rose isn't a point guard. Uh, yeah, but, Kyrie but wasn't still, really a point guard either. Those guys are still going to have massive usage differentials when compared to a guy like Tristan Thompson. Well, obviously, yeah, I agree with that. But you know, using the point guard LeBron term is is how about higher usage LeBron is probably the best way to say that. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, obviously, there's guys there that's going to do that, but I don't necessarily think that it's. I don't think it's a must. I just never, I don't think any guys are a must. Like heading into this slate last night, Tuesday slate, I wanted one of the New Orleans bigs and I wanted him over LeBron. So I ended up on Boogie, thank God, because Anthony Davis got hurt. But um, I, you know, I didn't see that much of a difference. I don't know what LeBron ended up with. I know he double doubled, but I don't know the actual fantasy point total. Um, it, it, and, was, it was a lot. <laughs> I mean, but I, right now, DeMarcus Cousins is right around halftime. So I don't know how that ended up. But yeah. He's smashing as well. So, I mean, there's ways you can go. Yes, LeBron is a good play. Yes, LeBron is a good play almost every night. But I don't look at anybody as musts. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely smashing LeBron here. I mean, it's like the top DFS player, one of the top DFS players right now, in arguably the best matchup in fantasy. So, as long as Cleveland doesn't completely b- blow Brooklyn out of the water, which is always a possibility, of course... I think LeBron is like just the safest cash game play around and obviously gives you tremendous upside for tournaments as well. So uh, I think he likely is the highest owned player on the slate tomorrow. So if you want to be contrarian, maybe you look other ways in GPPs, but I'm going to have a very hard time not putting him on my cash game team because I feel like 50 points from him is just a lock. Well, yeah, let me, I, I didn't, my bad. Yes. He is a great cash game play. I just think that there are other ways to approach GPPs if you don't want to play him. I don't play a ton of cash games. I never ever talk about that on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So most of my guys that I like or say like aren't must plays, like it's probably either ownership or just lineup construction. Right. I got so you. like, that makes you know, sense. it's it's I yes, obviously LeBron James is the quickest way to 50 points you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's just a lock, but nothing's ever a must in GPPs for me. Like I don't smash anybody. So it's just, everything's always open for me. Okay. That's fair. I can stand behind that reasoning. Anybody else on Cleveland that, that you're looking at? Cause really for me, it's, it's pretty much only LeBron here. Yeah. I mean, love is interesting, but I, I yeah, I have no interest in Cleveland right now, honestly. Yeah. The thing it's with just, love for me is that his rebound rate is so much lower when, when he's sharing the court with Tristan Thompson, which obviously makes sense. So I'm probably looking to target him more once once Thompson returns to his bench role. Yeah, I have no issues with that. I mean, it makes sense. I don't look at Tristan Thompson as like that big of a deal. And LeBron or Kevin Love pulled down 12 rebounds for the second time this season with Tristan on the court last night. So, I mean, I, I think he's the upside's still there, especially against Brooklyn. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, how about on the Brooklyn side of the ball? I mean, obviously, I want to say D'Angelo Russell, but he rolled his ankle, so I don't know how tight that's going to get overnight. So it's going to be interesting to monitor that. Um, I think my favorite player from the Brooklyn side might be Karis LeVert, though. Yes. I just think he's offering a ton of upside right now. He had success against Cleveland last season. Um, mid-range price tag, I, I, mean, I just think it's an easy play. Yep, I love Karis. Really, the only question with him is minutes, and he's been getting roughly 38 games. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. He's my favorite guy on the Brooklyn side. I think you can play Russell if he's active too, but he is starting to get a little bit pricey. He's up at 
you know, almost 8K now on DraftKings. So uh, I don't think that he's necessarily like a must play or anything like that. No, not at all. Okay, let's move on to the next game. Uh, one of two games tonight with a 195-point total. That's going to be the lowest on the slate. We've got the Spurs favored by 3.5 in Miami. A lot of injuries here. Both Kawhi Leonard and Hassan Whiteside already ruled out. Uh, Joffrey Laverne also out for the Spurs. Meanwhile, Dragic and Dion Waiters are both questionable for the Heat. Dragic is expected to play, but still given the questionable tag, Waiters uh, did not practice on Tuesday, so we'll see what happens there. Even with the injury value, is this a game that, that you really are finding people to target in? Not in particular. Um, there's a couple interesting people, but they're both just because of price plays, and that that's about it. <laughs> it's an ugly game. You're not going to get a ton of fantasy value out of it. If you're if you're going with somebody, it'd probably be a cheap person, honestly. Like, Dewante Murray's interesting to me. Uh, you know, Olenek, James Johnson, they're, they're interesting to me. Richardson's interesting to me, but not a ton of guys that I'm definitely not going to have a game stack for this one, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, ill-advised, I think. Uh, I like Kelly Olenek the most out of those guys you, you just mentioned. He's averaging 42.7 DK points per 36 minutes with Whiteside off the court this year. So with Whiteside not playing, I think he should be locked into, you know, close to 30 minutes, and he's been pretty productive in that time. So I like him. He is getting a little priced up at this point. I think he's up to, um, he's 5,600 on DraftKings, and I never like targeting guys who are priced up against the Spurs, but I do think that his role is, is such that I might consider him. I also think I'm going to look at Pau Gasol on the Spurs side. So he has not been playing very many minutes at, uh, to start the year, but with no Laverne to join, no um, Leonard and, and no Tony Parker still, obviously, too, I think he might get a little bit of a bigger role in this game. He had a usage rate of, of north of 30% last year without Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard on the court. So I think it's it's possible that he gets a, a bigger role and he can pay off a 5K salary in you know, 26 minutes in this game. So he's somebody that I might consider for GP, uh, GPPs as well. Yeah, I'm not going to argue against that. I love Powell. I know the upside Powell can bring. I just I mean, it is minutes, but you're right. There are some injuries there. He could see, a, you know, five to six more minutes. It wouldn't shock me. Um, good price point, though. Great price point. Right. Um, all right, let's move on to the next game. Indiana Pacers at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thunder are favored by 14 and a half points. This is the biggest spread of the night at the moment. Uh, we're still waiting on the spread in the Golden State game. So that's always in play to potentially uh, to knock that off the top spot. But still, OKC, definitely a potential blowout spot with a 14 and a half point spread. And then we have a 218 point total. Only injury here, Miles Turner still out with his neck slash concussion issues. So given that, are we looking to target anyone here on the Pacers with no Turner, but in a potential blowout spot? Uh, it's tough because of the spread. It really is. But, um, I mean, it's a terrible matchup for Depot. I, I don't love anybody against Westbrook, so Collison's iffy for me. Like, if I'm targeting anybody on Indy, it might be Lance Stevenson for GPPs. Wow, Lance. But, I mean, that's, that's, that's scary as hell in its own right. So... Really, I only like one player from this game, and it's on the OKC side. So if you got some indie guys, shoot them at me because I'd, I'd love to hear it. 
Well, are you still buying DeMontis Sabonis, or is he too expensive for you now? I don't care about his price. I care about the fact that Steven Adams is on the other side of the ball. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair point. He has been super productive with Turner off the floor. He's averaging over 35 DK points per 36 minutes. So uh, I still might consider him, but but I do hear you that it's a brutal matchup. And, you know, after my uh, my big thing with Oladipo on the last show, I have to stick to my brand and throw him out. So Against Roberson and uh, Paul George? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> okay, that's Th- fine. 32.5% usage rate with Turner off the floor this season. So that's that's a tremendously high usage rate for a guy who's only 7,200. Um, 7,200 for me is like a fair price for him still. So uh, I also Depot? think you have to put the revenge game narrative on the table. You know, you have to put it on the table here. So uh, I like Oladipo. If he's going to be, you know, somebody that people are scared off on the matchup, that will only make me like him a little bit more for GPPs. I'm gonna let you have that one. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, I mean, absolutely we've seen, no interest in him whatsoever. We've seen Paul George and Roberson swallow guys defensively, so uh, I, I hear the concerns. But I like just the the uh, the all around game that he brings. You know, the assist points and defensive stats upside. Um. All right. So who's your play on the Thunder side? I mean, Stephen Adams is 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 definitely going to be somebody that I'm going to have a fair amount of exposure to against Sabonis. He's been a monster outside of one game this season. Yep. Um, Adams has turned into quite uh, the center. You know, obviously he was part of the James Harden trade, so it's nice to see they got something out of it. But I, I just I love him. I love his price point. I love the matchup. I wish this game would stay closer, which it likely won't. But uh, who who knows? Maybe. Uh, Mello will come out and go like three for 25 and keep the game closed <laughs> or something. And Adams will just gobble up all those offensive rebounds. It's definitely possible. Uh, I, yes, I like Adams a lot as well. We talk about rebound rates in the, among the worst teams in the league last season, maybe even the worst team in the league. So uh, yeah, definitely for sure. Like Adams, what are you doing with Westbrook? Cause he's got pretty big price discrepancy between the two sites. He's 11-4 on DraftKings, which is probably a little too much for me. But on FanDuel, he's 10,600 or 10,800. I don't know how you don't consider him over there. I mean, yeah, you have to consider him for sure. I mean, obviously, we don't need to explain what his upside brings to the table. But I think it's very interesting because you got guys like John Wall against the Lakers, which I think is going to be the chalk of the night. Um and I, if if Westbrook's going to be lower owned than Wall and only 600 difference on on FanDuel, um, yeah, that's super super interesting to me because I don't really need Russ for four quarters if you know he's going to do what he does. So I, I think this is a really good matchup for him. I think it's an interesting spot. I don't necessarily know. Like I would rather play Wall in cash, especially yeah. on DraftKings. But for GPPs, I think Westbrook is is super sexy because nobody's going to look that way in this game. I don't feel like it's a it's a huge slate. Westbrook will be like eighty percent owned on the short slates, but on big slates, especially with these added you know uh, guys to the roster, I I don't see his ownership super high anymore. So it it's going to be interesting to me because I'm I'm probably going to want to go to that well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying you're, to talk myself into it right now. You're talking me into it for sure because we already mentioned LeBron, right? He's going to have. I think pretty crazy ownership. Yeah. James Harden certainly out owns Westbrook. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think wall out owns all of them though. Really? Including LeBron. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to that game. I still think LeBron is the top guy, but okay. 
Um, yeah, I think the idea of getting Russell Westbrook at like sub 20% tomorrow is definitely really intriguing. He did put up 24 shots in the last game, which was more than he attempted in his first two games combined. So I think that he's trending in the direction of last season, Russ. We'll see if he can keep it up again. You just have to worry about the blowout factor here, but that's not something that really ever influences my decisions in GPPs. And it does result in the Thunder having like one of the highest implied team totals of the day. Yeah. So I feel like you're going to have a little mini like Depot Adams Russ stack tomorrow. I mean, this game, if everything goes right, it could shoot out. I mean, these two teams, I believe, are playing at decent paces to start the year. Oklahoma City. um, Let's let me just check it real quick. So Indiana is sixth. OKC is 16th. So. I don't think it's it's unrealistic to think this game could shoot out. I mean, I've, I, there are other games that I think I would definitely be my preference if I was going to stack the game, but I don't think you're crazy if, if you want to load up on it. It might make sense as like a correlation play to run Russ back with someone on the Indiana side and hope that the game stays close. Yeah, I, I'm always a fan of running it back, honestly. If, if you have a stance, stand on it, and then you know lean into it even more. That's the way I look at it. Okay, let's move on to the next game. We've got the Memphis Grizzlies. You're, you're a Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, baby. Favored the by five Memphis points Grizzlies. on the road at the Dallas Mavericks. This is game number two with a 195-point total. I told you you were sleeping on them, man. Hey, man, you know what? I had a conversation at work today, and, you know, people know my stance on the Grizzlies. I'm, I'm not shy about it, um, and I work with a bunch of Grizzlies fans because I live 15 minutes from the forum. Um, you know, I... At this point in time, I, they're making me look really stupid, but it's three games into the season, and who cares? You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Yes. But uh, they also make me look like a genius because I've been saying trade Zebo and Tony Allen for like four years now. So, you know, one way or the other, I'm going to be right in this scenario. But, um, yeah, no, they're peaking too soon, and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, y'all can be as excited all you want. If it doesn't happen in May, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like All the just, wins are going to matter, though, in terms of playoff positioning. So Yeah, well, you know, that just means are we getting bumped in the first round or the second if we make it. So, Listen, as a Knicks fan, enjoy making the playoffs, okay? <laughs> enjoy the prospects of maybe outperforming oh, your season God. expectations and making the playoffs. I, I mean, hey, I'll be there, so it is what it is. <laughs> I, 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 hope they, I hope they do make it because playoff basketball is fun live. I don't know if you've ever experienced it in your 28 years because the Knicks suck, but, you know, playoff basketball is fun. Uh, sadly, I haven't made it there because, I, I mean, <laughs> since like 2000, they've probably only been there like three times. So Yeah, if that. Anyway, injury-wise, uh, Jamichael Green out for Memphis, and Devin Harris is questionable for Dallas. He missed uh, the last couple of games. He did practice on Tuesday. He's got a personal issue, but it doesn't sound like he's a guarantee to play in this contest. Yeah, his brother died in a car accident, so Oof. I don't, you know, I don't really know what his situation is. So it's a terrible situation. But yeah, awful. All right. So speaking of terrible situations, not to make light of that situation, but it, it, this this game just is not doing anything yeah. for me. Just just. Throw up the red flag. Nobody wants any piece of this game. Yeah, I mean, like Marcusall might be the that only was the only guy I was going to say. Yeah, yeah just like because of it. the rebounding potential against Dirk at center. But this is like a typical Grizzly game, though. So, like, if if there's a team that can produce in this style of basketball, it's the Grizzlies. So it, it's it's interesting to look at them. But I really, the only person playing well right now is Gasol. I mean, Dylan Brooks was doing things, but then he 
ruined everybody's lineups the last game. So I, don't <laughs> I was going to ask you about him because I, I was wondering if there was a particular reason why his minutes sort of fell off of a cliff. Um, I didn't watch the last game. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I didn't watch the Houston game. I had other stuff to do besides watch Grizzly basketball. That's fine. Um, you're, you know, you're not uh, responsible for all of us in that department. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's been playing great, but Fizdale's not afraid to change things up if it, if it doesn't work. And he's a great coach, so I don't ever want to second guess him. You know, it, we've got some injuries right now. Obviously, Macklemore's still not back. Reek isn't 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still going to see the minutes, but it it's really just comes down to does the shot fall. Because he, he, he gives you a little bit of peripheral stats, but outside of that, I mean, he's not that huge of a fantasy player. And now that he's priced up, I just don't really see the point in going to that well. But, I mean, he's shown that he has the upside, but I don't know if this is the game for it. Yeah, that's that's really the thing is that it's just such a terrible spot. I mean, 3,900 on DraftKings I can get behind. I'm sorry, on FanDuel. Oh, on okay. FanDuel, I, he's 3,900. Yeah. Um, 4,500 on DraftKings. But, yeah, see, I have no interest at 4,500, I don't think. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, so, yeah, I guess for the most part, this game is just something we're going to look to avoid. Yeah. All right. Make me- sure you watch it, though, because whew, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of interesting, Utah Jazz taking on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Utah is favored by six on the road, 203-point total. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, just questionable. Not really sure why. He just doesn't want to play for this team, and I guess they're trying to trade him. But, man. They were trying to trade him to the Knicks. We had this situation pegged right, huh? Yeah. When we were doing our our preview podcast, we were like, does any situation make less sense than Eric Bledsoe in uh phoenix this year and it literally lasted three games for him to, <laughs> to try and demand his way out so oh man i don't understand why they got rid of the coach and Bledsoe though i figured it was gonna be one or the other if that makes any sense uh, i mean they can get rid of everybody as far as i'm concerned and it doesn't matter <laughs> they just redo everything yeah. um you Go know they, like i don't understand why marquise chris hasn't been playing until last game when they had the new coach obviously but uh, anyway do you know I got Mar- two- In the game that he started, I got Marquise Chris at 1.8% ownership. It was a good night. Yeah, that's that sounds 1. awesome. 1.8. Like, did nobody read the the notice? <laughs> They're not starting Dragon Bender. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. Like, He's just burnt so many people too many times. Um, so Phoenix has been just god-awful defensively. They've lost two games this season by 40 plus points already their second worst in terms of defensive efficiency this season and they're obviously playing at a really fast pace we have to like some guys on the jazz here right absolutely i mean gobert is probably going to be the chalk guy and yeah. for good reason i mean it, it's it's obvious why gobert is such a good play in this game yep but i am personally interested in ricky rubio i love ricky rubio in this matchup um, we've always known him to be the assist guy. He can give you defensive stats. He can grab boards, but you know, last season with Minnesota, he only averaged like 8.3 shots per game. He's taken double digit shots in every game, but one so far this season, they're letting him play. They're letting him shoot. He's a big focal point of this offense. If no hood, if, you know, if Rodney hood can't go again, that's just more you know usage his way. So I think Ricky Rubio is a fantastic mid range option in this matchup. And, if Phoenix can somehow keep it close, like I think the ceiling is is quite high for Ricky. Yeah, I'm with you on on both of those guys. I think Gobert is pretty much the nut center play, uh, at least for cash games. And Rubio, for me, not a lot of point guards on this slate are going to offer you more tournament upside. I mean, this is a prime 
you know, potential triple-double spot for him. So, yeah, yeah love Rubio. Anybody that you're considering on the other side? Uh, I mean, it's just such a tough matchup. But, I mean, you have to go back to Devin Booker with, with no blood. So, I, I think even in the matchup, I think the upside's still there for him. The other guys are scary as hell. Obviously, you, you know, you can, if you want to play Mike James, you can probably do that. Um, Warren, Chris, I'm, I'm a little bit less excited about those guys. I'm probably not going to attack either one of the centers. So really, Booker is my list, and that's just because he's going to have the ball a lot. You know, I mean, that's all there is to it. The matchup is just trash. Yeah, I'm still passing on Booker to even as well. Are you? Like he, you know, typically when the guys play the Jazz, they'll get the the little bump down in salary for the matchup. But Booker didn't really get that on DraftKings. If he was down in like the 6K range, I would say he's in play for me. But at 6,900, I think he's just got to do too much to to hit value at that price tag, and he's not going to pay it off against the Jazz. Like you know that he's a pretty weak guy in terms of peripherals, so it's like, can he score 25 to 30 real points against this team? And I just don't think that that's possible. I mean, I just uh, I, I agree with you what you say about the matchup, but. Last last year when he was the only show in town, six point nine would have been a steal for him. And nothing I mean it's, the situation's very, very similar. Um I think there's I don't necessarily know if he's like a cash game play for me at all, but I think that there's still GPP upside because he can if things go well, th- obviously you're setting GPP lineups this is like a perfect hypothetical scenario. So if things go well, he could easily drop thirty to thirty-five real points and you know, a handful of whatever crap he throws into the mix. So I think he can pay off this for GPPs, but for cash games, there are probably much, much safer ways to go. Okay, yeah, I can get behind him. I suppose as a GPP play, it's going to come down to ownership, right? I mean, like if people are talking about him as as a play, I think I would I would definitely lean on fading him. But if I think he's going to be sub 10%, sure, I can get on, on board with him. Um, all right, next game. It sounds like this might be your favorite game of the night. Wizards minus six at the Lakers. Highest total of the night so far at 231 points. Uh, injury-wise, Jason Smith, questionable to make his return. Markeith Morris still out. So the Lakers have been the number one team in the league this year in terms of pace, even faster than Brooklyn. Who do we like for Washington? Um, yes. Just, <laughs> just throw a name out. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they're all in play for me. I don't I don't even need to get long-winded as to why. It's the Lakers. Um, it's a game that probably is going to stay competitive enough to get fourth quarter minutes. I, I, that's all you need to know. I mean, just pour it on full, you know, wizard stack if you want to. You throw, run it back with some Lakers guys who are interesting. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't necessarily love these guys but this is where the chalk is like this this game is where the chalk lives for good reason so we're gonna see quite a bit of you know numerous combinations of these guys thrown into everything so yeah i'm with you i mean i might be a little bit down on wall just because like he is a clear step up in price from some of the other guys we've already mentioned you know like he's 10-2 where you can get you know rubio at 76 you can get um Kemba Walker at like 77. So I, uh, and there's another guy in the next game we're going to talk about who's also a, a clear step down in price. But everybody else I'm, I'm interested in. My favorite play here is Otto Porter. Yeah. So he, you know, we know he pours on the peripheral stats, right? Like he's awesome with rebounds, steals, and, uh, even some assists and blocks from the small forward position. 
But this year, he's taking on a little bit of a larger role on the offensive end so far, at least. He's uh, over 19% usage. Last year, he was only at 15.1%. So a pretty sizable spike here. Um, He's sub-6K on DraftKings. He's had two straight games of at least 46.5 DraftKings points. Like, this guy is just... He's he's got to be mega chalk, but I think he's just in too good of a spot really to fade. Yeah, you're you're definitely playing him, and it doesn't really matter the format, um, GPP cash game. I don't care, but yeah, yeah. I mean the 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 kid's been unreal to be perfectly honest with you. But just to throw this nugget out there for you, last year against the Lakers, John Wall, thirteen three and fourteen with four steals, thirty three three and eleven with mm. two steals and a block. It's pretty decent numbers against the Lakers. Quite good. that's not bad upside I'm going to give it to him excellent numbers so it's definitely an interesting spot for him but the ownership percentage is going to be outrageous so you think I just want to I just want to gauge you here throwing out ownership percentages you prefer Wall to LeBron no okay I do not but I think ownership percentages will lean towards Wall just to get okay we live and breathe this shit, you know, like we, you know, <laughs> this is what we do all day. Yeah. Give the average person like that, you know, our tournaments aren't filled with guys like us. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's just common players that like to, you know, have fun. So what are they going to look at? You know, like it's, it's John wall, who's a big name against the Lakers who can't play defense. Like that's just kind of how I look at these kind of things. Yeah. Maybe LeBron edges them out. I mean, it's going to be close, but I think John wall is like, you know, in cash games, he's going to be 50 plus percent owned, maybe 40 plus percent owned is probably a better thing to say. And GPPs, he's going to be easily be 25%. So, right. Uh, I on, just, you know, on FanDuel, they'll probably have pretty astronomical combined uh, ownership. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. It's always easier like to do that. Pairing, I would say, yeah. among the stud guys. On DK, where it's tougher to pair the dudes up, um, yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, both guys in great spots and have humongous upside. So, It'll be interesting to see. I guess LeBron is technically going to be on the second leg of a back-to-back, so maybe that's one reason to to nudge yourself in the wall direction a little bit. But um, yeah, I think both of those guys like just just super safe cash game plays, and obviously huge tournament as well. Yeah, and don't want to leave out Bradley Beal. I think he's fine too. So, so yeah, he's he's, fine. <laughs> he's always he's always you know capable of going for forty plus. You cool with Ubre? Because I think he's actually a decent one of the. There's not a ton of value, like cheap, cheap value on this slate. So I think guys like that are interesting for me. It, it, Ubre is going to depend for me on if Jason Smith is back. Okay. If Jason I thought Smith he was already back, rolled out. That's my bad. I, I might actually lean Jason Smith of the two. But if he's in, Ubre's been p- playing sick minutes. He's in over 36 minutes in each of the last two games. So yeah, for sure. In yeah. a great in a great spot, I could definitely get behind Ubre. I, I was under the impression that Jason Smith was out. I did not see the, the questionable tag. So that's actually good news because Jason Smith is super interesting as well. Right. Just another guy to throw into the mix. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about on the Lakers side? Um, <laughs> Your boy Lonzo has been pretty impressive. I will yeah, throw that I want to say there. Lonzo is like the ultimate pivot leverage play off of John Wall. Like if I've ever seen one, but it's still scary as hell. And I don't necessarily know if I want to recommend that. Um, I think if you're going to attack the Lakers, I might just go down to like Kuzma or some of the value plays, but Lonzo is so interesting for GPPs. Yeah. I, I think Brooke Lopez at 6k as well. Um, yeah, I don't mind. The price is fantastic. Great price tag. He got yeah. run absolutely out of the gym by the new Orleans big guys. 
Shocker. Not, not going to face the same problem <laughs> against Gortat. So uh, I think Lopez should get back to, you know, roughly 30 minutes. And at 6K, he should be able to pay that off pretty easily. So I, I like I like Lopez. Um, I called Gobert the nut center play. Lopez for cash games might actually be the nut center play. <clears throat> I don't know if I agree with that statement, but that's fine. 6K? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, give me Adams over Lopez. I'll take that side bet. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah. Points per dollar? Yeah, I mean, they're roughly the same salary, so I'm fine with that bet. I was just trying to give you an out because he's cheaper, but that's fine. (laughs) Lopez is cheaper? (laughs) Oh, no, my bad, my bad. Adams is, what, $200 cheaper? Yeah, I think Adams is $200 cheaper. I got him mixed up, yeah. That's still fine. Um, All right, let's get to the last game of the night. We've got the Toronto Raptors at the Golden State Warriors. No spread at the moment. Uh, due to the big DeMar DeRozan injury, he did not practice on Tuesday. Officially questionable for this game with a thigh injury. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas in midseason form, already out with an ankle injury. And <laughs> Lucas Noguera also is questionable with an ankle injury. So pretty shorthanded Raptors team potentially here. How are we approaching this team if DeRozan does not suit up? Ah. <sighs> Lowry has played really, really good against the, the Warriors in the past. So Lowry is very interesting. Obviously, if no DeRozan, that, that boosts usage, that boosts shots attempts, that boosts everything for him. But if no DeRozan, I, I'd be scared as hell of this game. Like, uh, I don't I don't know if they can hang with no DeRozan. So that would be interesting for me. But one of my favorite GPP plays might come into the mix if DeRozan doesn't play. Even if DeRozan does play, I really like DeLon Wright. Uh, he's been playing heavy minutes off the bench. He's the backup point guard right now. Um and you know, small ball team on the other side of the on the other side of the court. I think Wright could get twenty five ish minutes, especially in a blowout. He might get more. That's really kind of like the interesting guys for me is Lowry and Wright. I I know Ibaka is probably going to see the court for extended period of time with all the injuries, but man, the matchup is just horrible for him. So I'm, I'm kind of scared of Ibaka. Yeah, I can't talk myself out of Ibaka though at fifty four hundred. I really can't. Like, I've been trying to do it because he's been dreadful this year, and he's only been playing, like, yeah. 25 minutes a night. Look at the game logs. That's all you need to do to talk yourself out. Yeah, of it. it's brutal. But he actually had the highest usage on the team last year with DeRozan and Valanciunas both off the court. So if those guys play, I think he's How, the guy wait, that what, I'm looking what for. What was the sample size for Ibaka's numbers with no DeRozan and no Jovell on the court? Uh, what was what was the sample size on that one? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, you got me. It's fifty. Like, it's like, fifty-eight like, minutes. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> Ibaka is just I, at this point in his career. Ibaka is one of those flash in the pan GPP plays. So I just I can't. I don't mean to call you out. Yeah, like but that's that, perfect. But like, that's that's, I, that's all I'm advocating for him as is a GPP play at fifty-four hundred. Yeah, I mean he is like, that, but man, this is a shit matchup for him. Like, not to crap on your boy Delone Wright, like. To me, DeLone Wright is never winning anyone a GPP because what's his what's his ceiling capped at? Like 25 fantasy points? I mean, I, I think he could get 30, and if he gets 30 at his price point, like yeah. you're doing really well for yourself. Yeah, if he gets to 30, I suppose. If, if Ibaka gets to 30, you're doing really well for yourself because you're a lucky piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to get to name-calling here, okay? But I mean, it is what it is. My thing is that if Ibaka plays 30-plus minutes, I think his ceiling is... 22 fantasy points. <laughs> All right, we'll end it there on Serge Ibaka. Um, I will also throw CJ Miles' name into the mix as well. I agree with that. Definitely. So, 
it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously a lot is going to come down to DeRozan, but like you said, I just feel like their best lineup here in a fast-paced game is going to be Ibaka at center and then DeRozan and Norm Powell both on the court at the same time to go with Lowry and, I don't know, maybe DeLone Wright, I guess. So, well, I mean, that's, you know, that's what you got to look at is like, how are they going to run against Golden State, given the hypothetical scenario that this is a five point game with five minutes left? Like who's closing for them? Right. And I think it's either CJ Miles or it's right. And I think that the, either, picking the right one out of those two can help you win some decent money. That's yeah. kind of I mean, theoretically, I, I, it could be both. Yeah. So it, that is actually a very, very good point. So, I mean, it's it's an interesting game. I actually really like this game, but I think it's going to be yeah. tough. Given the teams, it's going to be tough to peg down who is going to, you know, after the game's over, we're going to look back and go, yeah, we were stupid for playing this guy. Or, yeah, we were smart for playing this guy. Like, it's going to be tough for me. And just to, to add an exclamation point to your, your Lowry, uh, 44 DK points per game essentially against the Warriors over the last three seasons. So yeah, he's played really well against Steph. I don't, I, I don't know if it's one of those games and Lowry has been whew, so far this season. So I think it's one of those games that nobody's going to have him because he's been shit and you know, he could have a breakout game in store for us. Yeah. It's see that to me, that tier of point guard is very intriguing. Like him, Rubio and Kemba, I think are all in really good spots and, all have like you know six x plus upside at their current salaries, so yeah, I'm I definitely in on all three of those guys. Yeah. All right, on the Warrior side, who do you like? <sighs> I it's mean, tough, right? It's it's yeah. the same argument every time with this team. It's like it really is. I mean, I, I I'm just gonna sound like a broken record, but Durant's the safest, and Curry is kind of my second guy. I mean, yep. obviously the other three, including Zaza in this game, because I think he's actually kind of interesting for the first quarter, but um. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Curry is too cheap right now, um, just given his upside that he can bring each and every night. Um, Durant's just kind of the safe. Like, if you want to play a cash game guy from the Warriors, I think it's always going to be Durant for me. Draymond, he's going to play a lot of the five in this game, so that there's there's definitely upside. And on FanDuel, where you get, what, 13 points per block or whatever it is, <laughs> like you know, I think his upside is quite immense. So it, it, it's... I, I just have trouble pegging the Warriors. I really do. I, I have trouble picking the right guy most of the time. Yeah, I will say Kyle Lowry in terms of uh, defensive real plus minus, one of the better point guards in the league last season. So I think that matchup-wise, Curry's got the, the short end of the straw you know, of the guys on Golden State, but... That doesn't even really matter for him, if we're being honest. So, no, I, like, he can touch really anybody at any yeah. time. He just had 50 against Mike Conley. Like, he can he can do it against anybody. So, yeah, I love his price tag. Um, and, and Durant, again, for me, I'm paying the extra 1000 for LeBron, like, every single time. But that's why Durant's a great tournament play, because he should have significantly lower ownership and, you know, has equally as high of a ceiling. Yeah, I agree with that. I think LeBron's definitely the better play, even when considering price. But, you know, sometimes you just need like, oh, man, if I had an extra thousand, you know, like right. this lineup would be perfect. And that's when I do that. But that's why I say nobody's ever a lock. Like if it improves my lineup, I'm doing it. But, yeah, no, I, I think Durant or LeBron is the clear cut option over Durant, especially on this slate. Correct. Agreed. OK, um, I think that's going to do it. Any uh, so I like last last week we ended it with the favorite game stack. What's your favorite game stack here? Ah, uh, 
the easy way to go out here is uh, the Washington LA game, but I'm going to say my favorite game stack is Houston Philadelphia. Okay, I Let's like that, that one as well too. I'm going to take. You're... I think this is the other chalky answer, but I think Cleveland and Brooklyn. Okay. I think that game could shoot out. I mean, we didn't really talk about a ton of guys on the Cleveland side, so maybe LeBron and Brooklyn is the more uh, <laughs> the Brooklyn stack running it back with LeBron. Yes. That's a super interesting way to build lineups, actually, because Brooklyn's going to be cheap. Right, because you can get Levert for, like, five, and then, yeah. you know, maybe you, you smash in Russell. Russell should have, like, no ownership on this slate. Yeah, maybe some RHJ just for the hell of it. Like, I, I think it's it's an interesting stack for sure. That's actually a really good point. Um, Yeah, and then I think that the last game is intriguing if you think Toronto can keep it close. I think that's a really nice game stack potentially as well. If that game stays close, I bet you we see at least two players from that game in a like a GPP winner. Like yeah. it would make sense to me. Yeah. I can get behind that for sure. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of On the Daily. For Vince, who you can find on Twitter at WakeWorkWake, I am Matt Lamarca at Matt Lamarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.